0: what's going on everybody welcome back to another episode of the down to business podcast here with Tamar turner and as the year goes on the content has to keep going y'all look we've already been able to knock out a live event we are really close to ten thousand plays so really excited for that we've already amassed a thousand followers we i don't i don't really know what's next for down the business but we definitely have a lot coming in. maybe some new merchandise maybe a new giveaway or something like that but nonetheless the show must go on i'm always very excited to sit down with a new business owner entrepreneur or whoever really always excited to tell the story but this one i'm, I'm really particularly excited for just because this is kind of the first one of this sort and when i say of this sort this was actually somebody who aaron was a gentleman who i was able to meet actually through my job here at we work in tampa and he was actually one he was an ambassador for a program here called veterans and residents. So they pretty much, you know, they take a lot of different veterans out there who are at different stages in their life, whether they be business owners, whether they're trying to come into business, whether they have different initiatives or things like that, that they have going on. And they really assist them. They help them with different things. They meet on a weekly basis, and they really do a lot of great things, not only in their community, but for these people and for their lives. So while I wasn't directly involved with this program, one of my former colleagues, Emily, at the time was, I was able to kind of just observe a lot of her efforts, observe a lot of what Veterans and residents did a lot of what Bunker Labs did and just the work that they're doing, not only in their respective communities, even in the WeWork communities, but a lot of them, you know, outside of that, they, they do their own things from being a business owner, from being CEOs, COOs, co founders. Different things like that. So it's been really interesting to kind of just be able to follow up with a lot of them on LinkedIn and go through their profiles and see what they do and everything like that. But Aaron was somebody who, before I even knew what he did specifically, we always just had conversations. Just he sometimes would come by the desk and try to take the load off of me just because I was working so hard. And so he would try to, you know, just help me out in ways and things like that. But no, very somebody who was always very insightful, somebody who, you know, when I really sat down to just talk to him or just different things. He, he taught me a lot, even in our quick little exchanges and things like that. It was a lot of things that I paid attention to and just even one, how he carried himself. So kind of fast forward a little bit now, when I posted um, one of my recap videos on LinkedIn, big shout out to my boy, Wilson, Aaron reached out to me and he was basically just like, yo, when we doing this, like, let's, let's make this happen. Let's, make, let, let's connect. I, I got some things I want to say, essentially. So after going through, obviously, his profile and just seeing everything that he was doing, I was excited. I was ready for it just because of a lot of the conversations that we had face-to-face, but then also seeing how his resume really speaks for itself and not only the work that he was doing with Bunker Lads, but a lot of what he did even probably before he became a part of it. So I'm very excited, you know, for him to give y'all a little bit of everything. I think he's really even going to give y'all a little bit of a a different perspective because that's a lot of times what he does for me. So Aaron, how you doing today, man? How's everything going?
1: I'm great. I'm great. Thanks for having me. And uh kudos to you for pushing forward with the podcast and fighting through that. That's the daily grind that many don't know about. So salute to you for that, for your for your efforts thus far.
0: Appreciate that. Appreciate that. So for those people tapping in, I know we're gonna have a host of different people, some from my side, some from your side, some probably who are gonna meet us in the middle and not have any idea. Either side, can you just one tell us a little bit about yourself and then two, what brings you on the podcast today?
1: Absolutely. So to be totally honest, I have no business, no right, no privilege to be sitting here talking to anybody in a format to which they should listen to me, right? Let that's, that's, I me mean, start off by saying that because um, my journey really started probably when I was like 17, 18. I was a freshman in at school at, uh, up in Indiana, University of Evansville. Um, I was there on an academic scholarship and I was playing football as well. So we're having like freshman orientation. And this is kind of like, for me, this is like where everything started for me. We're sitting there. I'm in the back kind of halfway listening. Not so much. The dean's up talking. Then he gets to this point where he says, you know, um, look to your left, look to your right. One of you will not be here next year. And I thought to myself, man, this guy's a jerk, man. Why would he say such a thing? Like we are just getting on campus. People excited. Well, fast forward next fall. I was at home. He was right. Lost my scholarship by not doing what I was supposed to do wasn't able to play sports. My lifelong dream was to play college football. I got to play for one season, never got to finish. He, he knew something I didn't know, right? And so from that point forward, I started really paying attention to people who were like in a place above me, if you will, or further along than me, if you will, because I knew they had some experiences just by that alone. They had information that was valuable to me, even if I didn't realize it in the moment. So after, you know, after my failures there at Evansville, I went on to the Air Force and eventually. Um, over the course of twenty years, when I retired, I got my bachelor's and my MBA and Lean Six Sigma certifications, things like that. But other than that, man, I'm just a guy, uh, guy from small town Georgia, uh, here to help people the best way I can. To be totally honest,
0: absolutely, man. One, thank you for your service, but two, you you hit on a very important point very early on. How sometimes it. Here in a state, I've heard very similar statements to that. Look to your left, look to your right. You know, one of y'all might not make it. One of y'all might not be here. And you always kind of think like you, you get two thoughts in your head. I would say one, I definitely mirror what you said about, damn, why you had to like, why you had to put it like that? But two, Oh, and you immediately start deflecting. That ain't going to be me. Like, that ain't, y'all tripping. There's no way, like, a one in three chance that that doesn't even sound right. But little do you know. Like, and now I think about my college days and I think about everybody who I came in with, all those smiling faces, all the, the get the bags and the gear. But I slowly start to think about how each semester faces went missing. And you'd be like, dang, I didn't even, it, it was to the point where you were so used to just seeing that person. Or sometimes you would just go so on a bunch of data when they weren't there, when what, you just like, dang, I ain't even. I didn't even realize, but little do you know, you know, everybody, different opportunities, different things happen. But the biggest thing that stood out to me was that you started paying attention to people who you said were further along. And that doesn't necessarily always mean just older than you, just different things like that. But like, like you said, they have information that you found to be useful that you may not know. I think that's so important because a lot of times we have a hard time accepting, I won't speak for everybody. I'll speak for myself in this moment. We have a hard time accepting that we don't know it all. Honestly, I, that that was a hard realization for me. I knew personally. I could tell you right here out of my mouth. I don't know it all. But when it's proven, when it's when it's when I'm in a scenario or when it's really shown, it's just like, oh wow, it hits a little bit different. Or you don't want to kind of put that pride to the side all the time and realize that look somebody out there has something, somebody out there maybe took this L or, or kind of put themselves in that field so that you didn't have to, or that, so you can learn from this or that. So now he can give this advice to you because he already did it. But a lot of times if you just so like gung ho on your way or the highway, you'll miss that. Or you'll kind of be naive. It'll go in one ear out the other and things like that. So realizing that at such a young age, because I would say 17, 18, I wasn't realizing that. I was also, you know, not very naive in the sense that, look, I'm, I'm going to do what I got to do. I'm gonna I'm graduate. I'm going to do different things like that. But at the same time, all of that that I took for granted, it could have easily been taken away. From. I could have easily been one decision away from not playing high school football, from not going on to then getting accepted into the college of my choice and then going there and different things like that. So what would you say that semester or, or pretty much when you pretty much went back home, what were your immediate thoughts? Were you thinking about this teacher who kind of just said, yo, wasn't going to make it and i literally just walked right into what he said were you were you kind of just still like your way or the highway type thing what was really going through your head now that you're sitting at home now
1: yeah so i so i get home and um you know i pretty much knew what my parents were going to say you know they were basically saying what are you going to do now right you got you got you had another crossroads right you got to do something and i knew i had just blown a humongous opportunity right because i got to go to school of my choice most of it was paid for playing sports and everything it was an ideal situation and i fumbled it so at that point i kind of took it upon myself as like i gotta figure my way out of this hole and right i knew the military was always there but for me that was kind of like in case of emergency break glass type of situation it wasn't my first choice right so while a lot of people went to serve and they like to claim patriotism for a lot of people that serve that ain't the case right it was the only option or the judge said hey you go to the military or you going to jail whatever the case may be so not to say that I'm not patriotic or anything, but it wasn't that wasn't my reason for serving. It was more selfish than anything else. So I knew that I had to do something. And that seemed like it provided me the best opportunity and outcome for two things. A, to get my education and to get it paid for. And B to grow and learn who I was as a person. Because clearly I was lacking there. Cause I was just following everybody else, doing what they were doing. And that's how I ended up back home. Right? Because I wasn't true to myself, but I didn't know who I was. So but those two reasons is the reason that I chose at that point the Air Force was the best decision for me.
0: I like that. I like that a lot just because you, I would even say that you still went into that decision not fully knowing, not a, well, not a, but also not afraid of the unknown because if that was the case, you would have kind of just kept it where you were. But you were thinking about education and you were thinking about, okay. Let's do some self-development here. Let's do some self-reflection. Let's figure some things out. So at what point, and it may have even been early on as far as one of your main basis as you said, at what point did you really start to have that shift while you were in the military? You were like, yo, I already messed up my first semester. I already messed up a scholarship. I already messed up opportunities, friends, whatever the case may be. I'm here now. I still want to get my education. I still want to go further and things like that because I know the military couldn't have I don't know much about the Air Force, but I know that no branch of the military is easy. So I know that, you know, this is something different for you. And like you said, I, we share a very similar sentiment in the, in the respect that, for me, the military was always just, it's, it's on the back burner. Like, I, I'm thinking about it, you know, my family, relatives, friends, different things like that. But me, that's just not me, you know, unless I, unless I just had to do that. So at what point did you really start to feel that transition for yourself? Like, hey, I got to get this education. I really still got to make something. Aaron's going to make something shape
1: yeah and to be honest even knowing that going in it was still like eight to ten years before it kind of manifested and evolved right you could start to see the fruit of what i thought eight to ten years ago because again i probably for the first eight to ten years was was learning more so about Aaron, the individual right how to deal in different environments adapt to different people from all different cultures and all these things traveling and all these experiences learning my job and trades and things of that nature so I was learning in a different way, right? I was learning how to be a responsible adult that could function in society. And then kind of, if you will, kind of once I so-called mastered that, I think then I shifted to, oh, back to school now. I figured out how to juggle these pieces. Let me incorporate the school thing. And so it was really like eight to 10 years in by the time I really started going back into school. And it took me, I see, I graduated with my bachelor's degree in 2008, all right? I graduated high school in 1990, so it's 18 years, right? It's the longest degree in the history of school. I probably went to like 12 different schools by the time I was done because, you know, some credits didn't transfer, and so you end up taking the same course with a different name, and course number, money, whatever the case may be, but I had so many credits, I probably could have had two degrees at that point. So 2008, I graduated with my bachelor's, and 2011, my master, my MBA, easy. But what I, what I learned over all that time, that it was always about attitude and not aptitude. It's not intellect that's the game changer here. It's your attitude.
0: That's a message. Just because I, well, one, what I want to point out in that answer that people know that I'm big on timeline, big on timetable and everything like that, but I'm big on how it's unique to the individual, but nonetheless, it's needed. And so why I say that, you said eight to 10 years. I just think about, I've only been doing this for, it'll be three years in November. It feels like I've been through a whirlwind of different emotions of, you know, of lazy days, of good days, of bad days, of going to a live event now, of having videos, merchandise, things like that. That's only two years in, but I want, you know, but obviously I want so much more for this, but it's just to say that sometimes it's just not your turn. Sometimes you're not going to get this immediate, like, Like you said, you went into the military with a certain type of mindset, with a certain type of attitude. But even still with that in your mind, it still took more time to truly develop into what you were trying to do. I tell people that all the time that, you know, your business, your craft, what you love. It's not if you really love it, if this is something that you really want to dedicate yourself to, whatever it is, it's not going to come overnight. It may not come overnight for everybody. For some people, it will. You know, that's just the way it goes. But eight to 10 years, I talked to another gentleman who he was doing this for five. He was he was training and doing AAU basketball and training people and switching gyms five to seven years going to a different gym each week. And then he finally secured one after five years. But had he gave up, who knows? You know, so that I really just go to say that, look, man, we're so big on time these days. We're so big on just wanting stuff to happen at at this, to to just wake up and just everything just be the way we want it. You need that time. You need that process. You need, because it's going to make you appreciate everything. If we got everything just that fast, I feel like our our appreciation wouldn't really be there. The prayers really wouldn't be there. The grind really wouldn't still be there. Because I know for me, just something in me I'm going to work harder for something that took longer than something that came quicker. Like I'm not going to, you know, cause if for something that happens fast, I'm just like, okay, I can do that again. It, it can't be that hard. I, I did it once. I, but for something that I have not done yet for something that I'm still working towards day in and day out, for something that I'm, I, you know, I feel myself getting closer, but I'm just not there yet. I'm going to keep working for that because that's something that I truly want. That's something that's a goal of mine. So for me, it really goes to say for everybody out there listening, man, look, the grind no matter what it is because in this case we're not even really talking business-wise we're talking self-developed we're talking eight to ten years and Aaron had to figure out who he was that's hard that's hard because you go through a whirlwind of emotions life was probably great at some points life was probably not so great at some point life was probably in the middle at some points but nonetheless you still had to keep figuring it out for eight to ten years and then even after that You still got things to happen because then people, because then I will go one step further. People say, "Okay, well, once I get to where I want to be, once I figure it out, once I achieve what I want to achieve, it it doesn't stop. It can't stop. You know, we would be fools to just get where we want to be or figure ourselves out or do the self-development or get that education or get that degree. Oh, and and just kick back and relax. No, if anything, now you really got to kick it in the overdrive to make sure, one, that it sticks and two, that you keep going from that. Because finding out who you are is all fine and dandy. But if you start to revert back to old ways or old habits, well, well you kind of just throwing all that time that you just put in in the trash, in a sense. Or, and you kind of just not really taking it serious. So you have to still continue to actively work on you, pursue different things, pursue different goals. That's why I think it's so important to stay hungry. But appreciate the timeline. appreciate that process. It's about attitude. Not attitude. I love that, man, because you can be so keen. You can be so sharp here. If you ain't got the right mindset with it, you ain't just have the right attitude. If you don't have the right approach to it. You'll never. I know some of the I know some of the smartest people, some of the most skilled individuals that they just can't put their pride to the side, that they, they may just have that anger problem that they can't, you know, get right. They, they hate being told no. Maybe they can't take instruction properly or work in a, a certain type of environment. They really just want things their way. You've got to be able to adjust. You gotta have a, you're not gonna like everything that you you're not gonna like every card you're dealt, you're not gonna like every person you work with, you're not gonna like every you know venture and, and different things like that. I love every person body who I bought on this interview, so ain't gotta worry about that. But it just goes to say that look, we all have our skill sets, we all have our flaws, our fallacies, pros, cons, different things like that. What's your attitude like though? How do you approach that? How do you go about that? How do you communicate that with others? Are you shooting people down? How what's your perspective? I love perspective. I love, you know, the fact that I can feel my way. You can feel your way. And we can disagree, but they're both valid. So I love that. So, okay. So now we go through 20 years of the military. You got your degrees. You got your education now. Where did Bunker Labs come into the I won't even really say Bunker and veterans. What I'll really say, I'm, I, I want to do the bigger picture because the bigger picture, what I see behind these organizations and what y'all do is y'all are helping people. Y'all are helping people in, in similar positions to y'all or who serve like y'all or who are veterans or different things like that but they may not have access to all of the resources but they may not have the mindset but they may not just have you know they may just need that extra step sometimes they just need a little bit of motivation sometimes they need order different things like that what really propelled you in that space why did you really want to start helping people and being an ambassador for others
1: for me i'm a helper by by god's design i'm a helper that's that's who i am and i fought that for many years that was part of my my journey of figuring out who i was and maybe why i was struggle so so much in some areas and not so much in others is because while i'm an introvert and i don't necessarily like to be around people my gift is that my perspective and my my experiences allow me to help people so i have this internal conflict all the time like i'm constantly in tug of war with myself but so so i knew i was a helper right I got out of the military of course i went worked for the government I worked in city government state government i worked in nonprofit profit sector and I was just like, man, this is this ain't it. I'm unfulfilled. This ain't it. Something's missing. My wife was doing similar. So we started a business. Like, just up one day, we started a business. So we're doing this business thing, and we don't really know what we're doing, right? I have classroom knowledge of business from having an MBA, but that doesn't always translate into real world, everyday practical application. So we started trying to find resources available to help, right? So we started finding oh, there's resources for this and there's resources for that. But we really stumbled upon these resources for veterans. And so at the same time, I had also started a coaching business. I uh, became, so I got my MBA. Then I went and got another master's in marriage and family therapy, right? So I do counseling and coaching. I started a life coaching business. I started coaching people, mainly uh, transitioning veterans like myself, who were having trouble with getting out of that uniform and then coming in, like acclimating ourselves to quote unquote civilian life because it's a different element out here than it is when you're of a larger organization like the military so i was already coaching and i was helping veterans and then naturally since we were in business it just gravitated to well you know we made tons of mistakes and they cost a lot of money and a lot of sleepless nights you know when you're in business making mistakes they cost there's a there's a there's a cost to it so i'm like how can i help these people even if it's in the slightest way right even if it's not a business concept it might be something personal Because there is no on off switch between tomorrow, the person, and tomorrow, the entrepreneur. They're continuous, right? So the issues that tomorrow experiences in one facet of his life roll over into the next, and that cycle just continues. So if I can help people be more efficient at home, it's likely I can help them be more efficient in their profession. Same principles apply to one as apply to the other, one just deals more with was weighted by money and the other deals more with like quality time if you will when you're talking like personally speaking so that was kind of how we just gravitated into this i'm going to see how i can help people and i'm all in on it
0: okay that's important man that's it's crazy too how a lot of times i've said this so many different episodes but it it always holds true how a lot of times our involvement and how our interest is peaked in certain things just because we can relate so heavily to it. Like you said, you kind of became interested in this. You kind of wanted to help just because you've recognized that there was in a sense like a, a disconnect there that the veterans didn't always have everything that they may need or sometimes that they had certain things, but they didn't know about it. So why not put those, you know, those keys and different things like that? Why not go get the education? Why not go get the resources and stuff like that to be able to put them in position? Because like you said, sometimes all it just takes is a little, but sometimes it just takes something that's better than nothing. And if you can do that Home, then you can definitely translate that into different areas of the life as well. So, do you feel as if, because I kind of just use the word myself, but I'm I'm, I'm kind of very interested to know from your perspective, do you feel as if once people become better, once you pretty much retire from the military or discharge, honorable things like that, do you feel as if there's a disconnect? Between the real world and really what veterans experience, how they, because, off, and the only reason why I ask that is because I think about a lot of times how we look at homelessness. We look at a lot of these stories that we hear about people with the PTSDs or just with served all these amount of years, but are not taken care of, are living, are, are almost living as if they, they never served this country at all. So do you feel as if when, when people kind of become veterans, leave the military and things like that, there's a disconnect with propelling them into the real world?
1: I'm gonna say yes. And this this answer is my own, this is not supported probably by the Department of Defense or any branch of service, but this is just my own based on my own personal experiences. So this is what I think happens. We enter into this organization, i.e. the military, right? Which in, in many ways it is an institution, no different than prison, right? Everybody dresses the same, use the same vernacular, eat the same time, everything's the same. And it's that right for a reason. So you can control large groups of people basically have one thought right whatever that thought is in military um your life is dependent upon tomorrow's ability to cover my back so we all have to be operating at the same level same understanding same everything right well that's great if you do that for 20 years that's cool right you've been in a system that supports you they support your growth development success everything their success is dependent upon your success well now you transition into the civilian life and this airman for himself right me and you fighting for the same promotion right you ain't necessarily trying to help me like you were when we were brothers in arms right so it's different and so the military member whether they're conscious of that or not that mentality still exists and it was hard to turn that off because you've done that for 8 10 12 20 years right and you come out here in the jungle right where it's like all these wild exotic animals and you don't know the rules they're not the same they change from place to place no one looks the same their success is not necessarily dependent upon yours. So it's very competitive. And so it'll take a while for you even to adapt and adjust to that mindset to then figure out where you are working in the pecking order to then figure out a strategy to get where you need to be. So there's just like so much going on there, right? And it's if you don't know that, if you, if you have to think of it like, okay, think of a guy leaving the military almost as if you would somebody that's coming out of prison, right? They got to reacclimate themselves because the world's different. It's similar. That we're free, but not really, (laughs) right? A lot of rules, restrictions, restraints—all for your benefit. Not so much true out here. So that adjustment is just different.
0: It's so crazy how you just broke that down to me, but it makes so much sense. You know how you—you almost essentially go from a village uh, where everybody's kind of just one in the same, one of those almost one of those communities where everybody knows each other, everybody knows. You go into a town, a real small town, everybody know everything. It's only like two stoplights, different things like that. And then you, you kind of just erase all of that and put these folks in New York City. Or, or you know, just the Hunger Games type thing or everybody fighting for themselves. Because now that you say it like that, I get it. You know how y'all are, it's that one thought, that one sound, one band, one sound type mentality. So to tell somebody else now, to put them in a competitive mass. No, I'm not, you know, I'm I'm used to being side by side with folks, you know, people who we're putting our lives on the line for each other. But now you're telling me I kinda almost gotta negate this person's best interest and just think about it. that's hard, you know. Especially when time is working against you, when money is working because we live in a, a us unfortunately, the society we're in right now, man, if you if you ain't got money in some capacity, some you're not you're not gonna make it long. You're not gonna make it long. Especially with everything. Nobody wanna work, nobody wanna do this and do that. So wow. That's so interesting that you said it like that. But wow, that makes that makes so much more sense. I guess as it was what is ingrained in you, and now you almost get thrown into the real world. Because like you say, y'all are free in a sense. Like you know, obviously certain protocol and rules to follow. And when you do it like that, that is kind of crazy. Okay, so with that in mind, with what you do as well from the from the coaching even to to even what you do with VIR veterans of residence, how do you propel that shift? How do you help people? Well, not even propel, but how do you help people? understand that My, how do you help people even transition to that and say hey that where we once were here we're not there anymore this is this is real life what do you really say to somebody who has been ingrained for years and years and years to think you know all in one
1: yeah i've been a part of a lot of veteran programs right because there's a lot of money when you say i'm going to start this new thing and it's for veterans right everybody's open up the checkbook for usa everybody right support these veterans but in some ways it's is like a double-edged sword because you're not really helping the veteran, right? You're just giving them another place to go and gather. It's almost like it's a, a lodge or something, right? A bunch of vets get together and talk about what they used to do back in the day. So for me, I'm like trying to focus on business and get away from the vernacular using the military, right? When you enter into the elevator, you need to sound just like the owner of whatever other company or corporation, not talking the military jargon or what you used to be or whatever. Someone asks you, great, but I'm hardly ever... Never do I lead with people will ask me because they say, Oh, something different. Like you need kind of tell of military people, but I never lead with that because that life is I use it when I need to, but I don't want that to be the lead. If I'm running a company or organization, that's my entrance. Let's talk about that. We can talk about how me being a veteran maybe has impacted that or the, or why or what I do, but that's not the lead. So I'm always pushing the veteran entrepreneurs and companies and startups and ideas to like really focus on the business. A, don't think about what you feel somebody may owe you or you're obligated to because you're a veteran and serve. Throw that out the window, no one cares, right? You're gonna get some things, but it's not gonna make your business because you're a veteran owned company. We know plenty of them, you and I both, right? They're they're progressing, but it is slow. It's not like, bam, you're stardom. So to really, it's no different. You no, know, once once you're in business, you're in business. I don't care what your prior background is. It's got to be business principles. It's got to solve a problem. It's got to be something somebody's willing to exchange their money for. Otherwise, it's just a hobby.
0: Important, though. very, And I would say that that even, I feel like we can even translate that to just people in general. How the same way how you said, like, you're not going to make the military to lead. You're not going to make that. You're in business for a particular reason. Whatever you're offering, whatever you're trying to offer, sell, whatever the case may be. I think that people need to realize that as well, that, you know, Oftentimes, I feel like we try to throw credentials out there, throw accolades out there, throw different things out there to to further, you know, sell ourselves. But also thinking that that is going to propel the business when a a true business owner, a true entrepreneur, somebody truly, you know, looking at your product and your service is going to differentiate that every single time. I'm not really shopping with tomorrow, with Aaron, with no, I'm shopping with what you do with your product and your service. Now, can I take into account, you know maybe how you are, who you support. And different. Th- Absolutely. But at, at face value, as somebody just looking at something on the shelf or advertisement, everything, they're looking at the product. What are you selling? What are you doing? What are you offering me? Not, nah, you know, like you said, almost like it, it hurts to say, but like it care less about you being a veteran about you winning this award or about you having this type of act, everything at the end of the day. But do I want to spend my money here? What is this? How is this the best thing on the market and everything like that? But I think that that's important too, for business owners, just because too, it shows you true to your product nobody wants to hear about oh i'm the the five time da, 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 da. what is your product because a lot of people you because at the same time i think about a lot of these people even more so like my generation i guess maybe maybe even a little older but they have all these followers they have all these verifications the check marks on instagram and twitter and everything like that but your product is terrible but your customer service is horrendous but your reviews are not, you know, you two-star reviews and different things like that. You're not really being – you're just thinking that because you have this name, because you have this status, people are just supposed to overlook everything else. And that's the that's the name of the game at the end of the day. Why would I want to spend my money with somebody like – you can call yourself the best of the best, the, the number one person in Florida, blah, blah. but if I can go shop with somebody else who's going to give me a quality product and they're up and coming – Why would I not do that? You know, different things like that. So I feel like sometimes as people, we can definitely be caught up in names and just accolades and everything like that. So it's a a big important to differentiate the two. Okay.
1: What do you take? I mean, people. So think about it like this. Like people are paying to get in front of your face, right? For you to consume whatever their product or service is. Like they're paying money Mm -hmm. to get in front of your face that in my mind, if it was spent on product development, they wouldn't need to pay the money. Great brands don't need commercials. They don't need sales. They price is the price. You know where they're at. They tell you when they're releasing something. You wait for it and you get it and you pay the full price. Period. Period.
0: I just thought about. uh, I, I saw this post the other day. It says I've never seen a Chinese food commercial. I said, "Wow." I said, "That's a that's a very great point." Like you know, you just know that, like you said. A, a brand is going to speak for itself. It don't matter all this. You could throw all the marketing and things you want like that. At the end of the day, somebody knows what they want. They know when they when they shopping yeah. for accessories, this is what they want. They know when they shopping for food, this is what they want. They know when they shopping for a certain type of niche, this is what they want. Whether you whether you've thrown all this money in product development or different things like that, I, I really genuinely do agree with them. Great brands, great market. so it doesn't need it.
1: I tend to think, like, I try to impress upon the people that I'm working with or I'm helping, even my own business and others who even think about it. Like, think about where you fit in these three buckets, right? I call them PPPs, right? There's a price, there's people, and there's a product slash service, right? And if you think about price, we're talking about value. So now immediately Walmart comes to mind. People go to Walmart for value. They ain't going there because of the people, because the pe- the customer service sucks. The culture sucks. They ain't necessarily going there because of the product or the services, right? They're going there because of the price. Now, if we're talking people, we're talking culture. I think like Chick-fil-A. Lines are long. You wait. They're always nice. With a smile. Efficient. Right? Then we're talking product or service. We're talking like the apples. They never offer sale. Don't make a phone today and tell you we messed up on the camera. We've been, we're improving it on the next one. That'll be out in six months. And then in six months, people will line up, pre-order the phone, and stand in line to wait for it. Because they believe in that product. So you got to know, like, why people are doing business with you. Is It's one of those three Ps. And if you know which one you do well, then focus on that one. If you do the other, another one well as well, then you're just ahead of the game. But you got to know why people are doing business with you. And that's in business and with, as, a, as a person as well, right? People are operating or doing business or having transactions with you, personal transactions with you and interactions based on your strengths and weaknesses and based on how they can manipulate you in some to some degree, right? I'm going to get what I want from tomorrow, whether it's positive or negative. I can manipulate it because I know him. I know how to get the response I want. And then when they don't want that, they avoid you. So you just got to know. You got to be very aware. Business, personally, professionally, all the way around.
0: You got to know what you do well. You got to capitalize on that before you start trying to bring in so many different entities to the table. I, I really think that that's so important. Not having, as they say, like not having too much on your plate, too much on your chip. Like you have to start scale small people think that oh just because I got a little skill or I got a little traction here all right well let me move on to the next no take that traction get more and get more and get more almost until it's second nature for you because like you said those three P you you have one of those has to be second nature before you even think about another one. If like you said you got two oh cool ahead of the game you you're making it happen. Focus on one though. See how see how much it takes to really truly establish one. Not just get it not just get it, lucky with it a few times not just you know, have some success with. Established means it's consistent every time. It means you don't got to worry about it. It no ifs, ends or buts about it. There's no question. Even on your worst month, it's still solidified. So I think that that that's important right there. So knowing what you know, knowing with, with what you also instill. And other people, other businesses, other entrepreneurs and things like that. How has that really translated to your life and what you do and the balance that you have? Because obviously, you know, for as much as you help others and bestow your knowledge and the resources and everything like that and put people in position, essentially, you still have your own things going on. How has that balance and how has that really come together?
1: <laughs> Man, that is like, you know, that's the question that remains to be answered, right? I'm, I'm on a quest like every day, honestly, to like answer that question. So I was at one of the bunker retreats and someone on staff asked me, he's like, what do you get out of helping these companies, right? Because you're volunteering all your free time. Like, what do you get? And I told him, my answer was that, you know, I get fulfilled in seeing them grow and achieve their goals and dreams and hopes, right? To pursue that. And I honestly do. So that that's why I spend a lot of time, whether it's uh, I mentor high school students and things like that, trying to help them not walk in my path, but like fast forward them, if you will, right? You can't. We can't jump every hurdle for them, but I can. I can get them past a few that they don't need to jump. I already jumped them or knocked them over. I can help you get around that. So I, that's my reason for going back and helping young high school kids. And then with these entrepreneurs, to be honest, I am not a good entrepreneur. Right? I, I've had a business. My wife and I have a business now. She's much better at entrepreneurship than I am. But I had to learn that by by going through it. So a lot of times I'm working with. People who have startups or ideas or whatever i'm trying to evaluate also whether they're cut out for do you have the mustard right do you have the grit the resilience it takes are you sensitive i found out through entrepreneurship that i'm much more sensitive than i thought i was like my feelings get hurt you know what i mean like i can't hear no but so many times i'm done my wife she can take a no and thank you and keep going i'm like you know what i'm out i'm done or people unethical or shady or immoral whatever you know all those different things that come up when you're doing business you have to like know that going into it like it's gonna get a little dirty right you're gonna have to make some hard decisions a lot of us are spending our own money funding these companies how long can you do that does your family support you in that if not that's a hard conversation you gotta have so all those things are i'm constantly like trying to evaluate okay aaron are you still comfortable happy doing what you said you wanted to do when you started this which was to help people and to see them grow and to be honest my frustration has come not because of something i'm doing it it comes because of something that they are not doing or i think that they should be doing that they're just not doing that frustrates me more than me dropping my own ball if you will because i want them i want them to do so much better than me
0: uh that makes me think of something when people uh whenever people comment or or even message me call me or anything but whenever they use the word I'm trying to be like you my response always don't be me be better than me and that's and that's exactly why right there because something that this has taught me is like you said when my when when your feelings are in something when your time is in something emotions money everything like that you treat it differently like a man woman whoever like I Starting this podcast really showed me that, like, I genuinely care about people's success. I genuinely care about what people do, what what they're not doing, what they are doing, what they could be doing better and everything like that. But I've also gotten to different points where I realized I felt like I wanted more for people in their business than they wanted for themselves. And that's a hard, like a hard battle because it's just like, how do you address that without, you know, sometimes messing up a relationship? How do you address that without coming off to some as angry, rude, different things like that? But to me, it's just passion. To me, I'm, I'm, I'm only raising my voice. I'm only kind of going back and forth with you because I care about you. Because if I didn't, well, i just turn around and i just head out. You know, it's, it's not that deep for me. But because I really want you to get right, because I've seen what can really happen when you apply yourself, I've watched it. I, I look at back across my, my 80, 90 episodes, I see what some people were doing really right and why they are really are where they are. I see what some people could be doing just a little bit better just to get them up there. And then I see what some people, you know, are down here. And not to say that they're doing anything wrong, but it's just if you did have made a little tweak or if you just applied yourself just a little bit more, you could work your way up that totem pole. And that's all I want for people. That's something that definitely I've learned about myself, but I've also learned, too, that it gets to a point where they have to want it, too. They have to want it. But I, but I think it goes back to what you said about something that you analyzed from the very beginning. Are they cut out for it? Not are you a good person? Not who are you? Not is your family? Are you cut out for this? Because, like you said, sometimes people don't realize that anybody. I'm gonna say this in the same breath. Anybody can be an entrepreneur. Everybody can't be an entrepreneur. What I mean by that is that basically anybody can just wake up and say, "Hey, I want to go into business today. I want to start my," you know, da da da. Everybody can't sustain that entrepreneurial life. It is a different lifestyle. I watch people who, I'm not even a, people thought I did this full-time. I wish I was a full-time podcaster. No, but I watch full-time podcasters and I listen to their stories or I I watch full-time entrepreneurs or business owners or things like that. And I listen to their stories. And I'm like, dang, some of that stuff, I I, I don't even think I could have, you know, I see why, you know, I'm still working my nine to five or you telling me you did what? For for how long you were sleeping? Where are you at? How much to your name and your... You, huh? Family did what? You know, just because everybody's situation and things are different. So I think one of the biggest determinant factors in the beginning, or you cut out for this, could be a great person. But the same way we need entrepreneurs, we need 9 to need We need those certain type of people. And that's not to say that that's something that you just have to be co- content with all your life. But the entrepreneurial lifestyle will open your eyes to a lot of different things, good, bad, ugly, everything like that. And sometimes you can't handle it. I've watched certain entrepreneurs, it changed their whole life for the better. And I've watched some of change their whole life for work. Almost before you stepped into that space, you were better off just working a nine to five. But because you did that, because you tried that, you really learned, you know, the ins and outs. This is not for the weak. It's not for the for the, for, the, for the weak heart at all. You have to be able to, like you said, t- taking notes is only one part of the game. Only one part. From the sleepless nights to just procrastination to just people not taking your time and craft as serious as you. Man, it's so much that goes into this. So as you, as a person, you can only take for so much, especially if you're doing it by yourself. Man, oh, then that's that's a totally different conversation. So I think that that's so important, though. But I think a lot of times we don't think about that. We just think that, oh, anybody can do this. Any, You know, any anybody can. You know, anybody, everybody does it anyway. Everybody's doing hair. Everybody's selling the makeup, the clothes, everything's like that. Why can't I? Well, why can't you? Because you're a little bit, you know, you're a little bit too emotional or you're, you know, you're, your procrastination is too hot to the point where you're just going to keep putting yourself behind the eight ball you don't have the monetary support, people don't realize that a lot of, A lot of this is about money, man. It takes money to make money. But if you don't have any money to begin with, what are you going to do? What are you? You know, a lot of times that I, I said that that has been the make or break sometimes. Yes, we all think if we had if we had more money, if we had more access to resources, I could do this, I could do that. Yeah, anybody could. But you don't. And that's and two. That's not always true, because still I can give you the resources. I can give you the money. If you don't have it here, what I'm gonna do. You could blow it off. It could just be yeah, you know It's, it's tough. It's mm-hmm. tough. The
1: ability to execute over and over and over and over again is basically what entrepreneurship is, right? An employee has the uh, luxury of having a few bad days, bad weeks even, and still making, you know, making what they make. Um entrepreneurs, not so much. Something some some something's gonna happen. Something bad's gonna happen. And so if you're not the type where you can just be self-motivated to just make 20 phone calls, respond to every email, do all the things you don't want to do because you don't know where the business is actually coming from just yet, which truly when you start out, you don't really know. So you kind of have to treat everybody as if this could be it, (laughs) Even you know, as you go on, you figure out like, oh, that's not a good use of my time. But in the beginning, you don't know. So. You're trying to get your name out there. You're trying to make people believe in you to know like trusting. It's difficult. And if that's not in your DNA, if that's not your personality, you're gonna struggle. You're gonna have some sleepless nights. You're gonna cry yourself to sleep. It's gonna be ugly. But it's really about the ability to execute in the long term. It's like a marriage. You married to this business.
0: Happy wife, happy life, fellas. Not but I am. But absolutely. You have to think. I, I was talking to my, my roommate about that the other day, that it's to the point now where, yes, I'm, I'm very big on living in the moment, just enjoying things for what they are, taking it as one step at a time. But a lot of my decisions, a lot of my mind frame, a lot of what I'm thinking about, investing in, talking about, trying to put my foot in, trying to learn about, it's long term. I'm 25, but I'm, I, I think about how... Seven years ago, I was 18, but I can remember turning 18 like it was yesterday, and seven years just went by like that. We've been in a pandemic for nearly three, and that just went by like that. So before I know it, I'll be 30. Then I'll have kids. Then I'll be married. I can't keep thinking about, you know, just trying to live in the moment, just trying to explore everything, because 35 is around, the 10 years is around the corner. High school reunions, college reunions, that's all around the corner. So for me, you have to, like you said, you have to go. With long term in mind, no every T is not going to be crossed, every I is not going to be dotted. But if you're not even giving it some thought, you're already behind the eight ball. So something that I think about is something that really stood out to me that you said here is that I'm not the best entrepreneur, and I like that. I like that because it, it takes that transparency. But it 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 holds true. We can all look at I can and I'm talking to everybody across anybody who I've ever bought on and anybody who I'll talk to further. There's always room for improvement. There's always something that you could be doing better. We're not 100% at where we are. And if you are at 100% than where you are, then let's do some reevaluation because I guarantee we can set some new goals. We can reach some new levels, reach some new heights, reach some new people. It's, It's always room to work. What do you say to the people out there who share that same sentiment as you? who feel as though they're not the best entrepreneur, who feel as though, you know, they could be doing more, who feel as though that they're, they're even Even for those who are thinking about coming into business, who may not necessarily have all the pieces off the ground, just yet, or may not necessarily have the ball rolling yet. What do you say to those people who, you know, still want to stay steadfast, still want to stay motivated, looking at, you know, the career that you took, that you took, the decisions that you made to get to where you are right now?
1: Yeah, so you don't have to be the best. I've learned that, but you do have to recognize that you're not it. So that you can bring on someone that does well what you don't do. Um when I used to hire people, I, my goal was when I was a hiring manager and I hired people, my goal was to always hire people that possessed a skill that I could not train them to do, right? So if they had something that I couldn't train them to do, that's goal. If I could train them to do it, then it doesn't matter. But they possess something, some soft skill, some nuances, something, right? That I can't train, you know, like in athletics you say speed, right? Like you can't train speed or height, right? You can't train height in basketball. So if you own a business or you have a great idea and you have a problem executing, don't give up on it, especially if you've gotten enough information from the market to say that, yeah, they validated your idea, the concept, all that, and you're just not one to get it executed. Then you go hire a CEO to help you, right? You hire a CEO to help you. You just be the founder and let them execute the vision. And as long as you can communicate that well, then you're okay. The reason I say that, the reason I like to say that, I'm not a... I'm not a good entrepreneur because i deal with so many right and so i don't want them i'm always trying to level the playing field or if not put me below them if you will i don't want them to think like i have this basket of gold and once we have this conversation at the end you're going to go out and be like jeff bezos i don't want that to be the case right in a lot of ways i'm learning and in some ways i'm ahead of them in some ways they're teaching me things it just depends but a lot of it is about it's not so much about education as it is about accountability And being able to come back and say hey tomorrow i missed the mark last week i didn't call the five people each day like i said i was going to do okay well then we know why you didn't yield the results you want to yield so until you're willing to do that if you're okay coming back looking me in the face every week and telling me i didn't do what i said i was going to do we know why the business is where it is and why it isn't that's on you so being able to have somebody that's in the trenches with you and understands what you're going through and have them hold you accountable you hold them accountable like There's no dollar value I can put on that, really, because it, it really is hard. It's a tough thing to do. So if you're an introvert and you have to go call cold call 20 people every day, that's 100 phone calls, and that's the last thing you want to do. But yet yeah, your business won't move until you do that, then that's tough, right? That's a, that's a very hard internal struggle to have to buy yourself. So with the groups of people I work with, as early as possible, I like to get to the most vulnerable, transparent place we can be so that people can operate as a true authentic self so that we can just then have conversations that mean something and not like superficial, quote unquote, just business conversations, if you will.
0: That vulnerability is important, that transparency, just because I feel like it washes away a lot of the the BS, you know, whereas a lot of times, like you said, we can meet, we can hop on these calls, we can get to these, these networking events or seminars, workshops, whatever you want to call them but we're not really getting down to the nitty-gritty. Essentially, we're kind of tackling a little bit of what we could work on, what we could do and things like that. But it's more so all about we're thinking about goals in near. No, we need to start at home first and really get ourselves down why are, why is the business like this? Why am I why am I like this? How am I? You know, you you really have to know about yourself to really because the minute you start to negate things or push things to the wayside or ignore certain things, that's when the business falters. The business needs all of you. All of the real you. That takes everything. That takes the good with the bad. The business, the, the Down to Business podcast has seen every side of me. It. It's seen the frustrated side. It's seen the lackadaisical side. It's seen the happy-go-lucky side when everything is just going right. It's seen the angry side when I feel like people are wasting my time. It saw the side where I just was not yielding the results that I wanted. Why? Because I wasn't doing what I had to do. It's, it's so crazy about the thing about being in business by yourself is that you have nobody else to blame. That's why I love this game because it's just like not game, but I love this because it's just like when I when my sales aren't where they need to be, when my views aren't where they need to be, when the emails aren't getting sent out, when promotion, why haven't I dropped the episode in ten days? Oh well, what, tomorrow, why haven't you dropped the episode in ten days? Like, what are you? You know, I have nobody to ask, nobody to blame, nobody to question but myself. That's why I really love so much about this. But I feel like as a business, we have to, we need to internalize more. We need to realize that you know a lot of it is not outward. a lot of it is not the people a lot of it is not who we're sometimes we're not even reaching our target audience when we don't know that when we don't realize yeah. that so
1: one thing i found that help a lot of especially solo entrepreneurs and where it's just one or two people or two or three people is the typical nature of us people is that we often won't move don't move without consequences so when they don't exist create them so if you don't send the 10 emails then you don't go out to eat on whatever day. I don't know. You know what? Whatever the case may be. Like, right, you. if you can create consequences, it'll it'll make you move. Right? Think about it. Most of the stuff you do that isn't fun is because there's a consequence to it. You pay your bills because, right? You, you drive to speed of it because, right? You gotta create consequences sometimes in your business to get you in the habit of doing it. And then once you're in the habit of doing it. You can remove it. the consequence. Is not a, It doesn't matter anymore because it's not the thing prompting you to do it. But in the beginning, you need a real hard consequence that you're going to hold yourself to or somebody else, whether it's your boy or whatever. Create it and then see what happens and see if things don't start happening.
0: Hey, he just gave he gave me a call to action. He gave y'all a call to action. I think he even gave himself a call to action. He's probably already done it. That's why he dropped it on here. But no, I like that. I definitely do like that because, like you said, nine times out of ten, almost everything that we do that's not recreation, that's not fun based is because it's a consequence. Right. So now tailor that to you. I like that. Okay, I like that a lot. I'm going to definitely do that. I'm going to definitely start doing that. So before we officially close things out, before we allow people to know where they can utilize your services and get in contact with you and things like that. Do you feel like there's anything we haven't touched on today? any Even a last message that you want to leave for anybody who may be tapping into this episode? Anything that we feel, you feel as though we haven't um, talked about with you, with what you do, with what you're looking to do as the year goes on? Anything like that?
1: The real big thing for me, and especially in the age in which we live, where everything is instantly accessible and you can see everybody's lives and live in color, is to learn how to define and be comfortable with your definition of success, right? So I'm a coach. So there's tons of coaches on instagram and everywhere else and we always see them standing in front of a crowd that they just presented at or spoke at or whatever the case right if you start aligning everything you do or checking everything you do against people that work in your industry it's not going to end well because if they're posting guess what that means they're posting because they're active the people who aren't active are not posting right and just because they're posting doesn't mean it's not 10 years old or whatever the case may be you can you can do one event and get content that could last for months It's done properly. So for me, the change came for me where I define success for me, whether that's monetarily, how much time I spend doing whatever the things is that I do, and then I'm able to communicate that back to people when I feel I need to. And I don't always need to, right? You don't have to, right? If you know what success is for you, how many listeners per week, whatever, cool. Don't worry about what everybody else says. But you have to be comfortable with determining that and then standing firm in that and then operating with that in mind. So that you can be like, you know what? I'm successful this week. Whereas other people are saying, man, he could do more. I could, but I hit my goal. I'm successful. I'm done. And so once you can learn to do that and get comfortable who you are, that's both as a person and in your professional career. Um, I think that helps ease stress and anxiety and all these things, these pressures we put on ourselves.
0: Very important. Especially like you, I think the key phrase in there was in this day and age, we, we live in such a time where, It's just so quick to open your phone or get on social media or just see something. And like you said, one, you you hit the nail right on the head. You don't know what people are really doing behind quote or you don't know if he's repurposing an event he did months ago still to make it look like, you know, but like you said, you can't, you can't worry about things like that. You have to worry about what is your measure? What are your consequences? What are your actions? Everything like that. Everything has to be your base. It's not, don't think about the industry. Don't think about who's top dog. Don't think about... Who's next to you? Or everything like that. Think about you, because I guarantee you, even uh, some of these people are so high up, or even so, you know, just successful, or so locked in, they're in a world of their own. They don't know what competition is like, in a sense. And I, I, I want to get to that point because, well, honestly, I, I, I really think back a lot to 2019 me and podcast. I didn't know what a podcast was to even know who to look at to compare me to. So it was just like now, once you tell me that so many people have different podcasts and everything like that, it's just like, well, one, they're not talking about what I'm talking about. But two, even if you are, I've literally been so into this lane for so long, it came to the point where it didn't even start this populace. And now it's kind of saturated, as people want to call it. Okay, let it be saturated, because at the end of the day, if you're doing what you're doing for a particular purpose with a particular reason in mind, a particular goal or success in mind. All of that extra stuff is just literally what I call it. It's just extra stuff. So I, I love that for sure. So for people looking to get in contact with you for people to looking to learn more about you, even because I know I'm going to have some veterans tapping into this as well. What's the best outlets? What's the best places to kind of reach you and be able to?
1: I mean, honestly, LinkedIn is probably the best just because I check it frequently and I respond to it more so than I do the other ones. I have social media. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. I got um, I'm a realtor as well, a coach. As well as my wife and i have a business i got my hands in a lot of pots but uh i could be found just about anywhere but honestly linkedin is probably the best because i do um make sure to respond to people there the other ones are kind of you know you get spam and bots and all gotcha. this crazy stuff and, gotcha. but
0: yeah all right so i'll make sure i include all of that in the episode for sure for sure so now nah, aaron i, I just want to thank you first and foremost just for the time i want to thank you for the support you're not only showing me and my platform, but just for how eager you were to get on here, and then you know, get on here, and like I, like I really spoke about before we even hit play, I knew you were going to teach me a lot of things today. I knew you were going to get that perspective. I knew you were just going to really just open my eyes to just just a, a new way of thinking, which I, is something I really appreciated about our relationship since I've been able to acquaint with you. So, one, I thank you for that. Just thank you for sharing the space with me. But two, I, I thank you for everything that you're doing. I feel like we are definitely we we definitely share a lot of the same sentiments and just wanting to propel others to success and just wanting others to really, you know, take what take their goals, take their vision and really bring it to life and then really kill it and crush it and really make it happen all while chasing our dreams and our goals at the same time. So I commend you for that. And I'm definitely wishing you, VIR, Bunker, everything like that, the, nothing but the best. And I obviously, I feel like I'm going to end up getting involved with y'all in some capacity anyway. So I'm definitely excited um, to be able to do that. But no, to everybody out there who continues to listen to the podcast, continues to tap in who continues to show love, make things happen, shop with us, everything like that. Whoever pulled up to Charlotte and made things happen, I'm not going to start stop talking about Charlotte. But, no, I really appreciate everybody wholeheartedly. I really thank y'all for everything. This has been another episode of the Down to Business podcast. Here with some turn.